You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Victor Solf of Her. You always hear some people say death isn't always the end, but a beginning. And it's one thing to be told that, but it's another thing to embody it the way Victor has. Last summer, his music partner, Simone Carpentier, passed due to cancer, leaving behind an unfinished debut album for the duo's project. Quite miraculously, Victor found it within himself to finish the album, aptly titled Her. The album showcases what made the duo so special, their beautiful blend of textures and harmonious vocals, and a love and yet a total blatant disregard for the rules of genre. It'll leave some surprise how this album is far from depressing and more celebratory towards life. And within this talk, Victor shows why it made all the sense in the world for the album to turn out the way that it did. It's said within the talk, but I just want to, again, thank Victor for opening his heart and speaking very candidly about a massively difficult experience. This is the 405 Exchange with Victor Solf of Her. Enjoy. You know what's funny about what you just said is that uh, my family's French. Okay. Uh, my, uh, they're Haitian French, like uh, okay. they're Haitian. But uh, my dad's family is from Marseille. My mom's family is from Lyon. You speak French perfectly, right? Oh, uh, no, I understand <laughs> it. I speak it like shit. I can understand it pretty well, though. But what's funny is, like, because uh, oh, for people listening with no context, because we just jumped into it at the start, uh, I was saying, like, how with the podcast, you can um, swear if you want. Yeah. Like, we allow swearing. And you said how it's a very cliche French thing. Yeah. When I was a kid, growing up in a French household, pretty much, uh, my I would be swearing when I was like maybe four or five. My yeah. parents would be like, "Where did you get that? Like how?" And it's like you're saying fucking shit every day <laughs> like, in French. Yeah, well, in French and English. Oh, like my okay. dad, like when we were kids, he'd be in the car and just be like, "Shit, fuck!" Like, oh, and yeah. as a little kid, you're just like, "Oh, I guess that's what people say." Yeah, of course. Oh. Yeah, normal. Yeah. That, that's why. That's why. And it's not. It's not such a bad thing in, in French. Even on TV, people can swear. Yeah, because it's, okay. it's just language. It's just how yeah. we communicate as humans. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's the, the common swears that you can say, yeah. but if you're saying like real, <laughs> bad, bad, bad swears, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not gonna it's really go through to, TV yeah. or radio. It's really good to see you again. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I just saw you like a couple moments ago right out the front, and like, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I did it. I guess I didn't expect you to ha- be in such good spirits considering like everything that's happened, but it felt really good just now seeing that. And obviously, you're pretty excited about being in New York again. Yes. Right? Is it like this for you usually when you have a show on the horizon? Like, do you find your body kind of going like, okay, we're ready to perform tonight? It really depends. I think that for 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 New York and especially Brooklyn, it, it really, I really feel good, but also nostalgic, you know, because I'm thinking a lot of Simon, he, he, he used to love, you know, Brooklyn and, and New York so much. Yeah. Uh, so, it, there, you know, there is a word and. Brazil for for those kind of nostalgia because you know when you're saying nostal- nostalgia or nostalgic it, there's kind of a bad you know meaning behind it you yeah. know or sad and there's a word and, and, and like that Brazilian people say a lot called saudade yeah. saudade you know saudade that that is that is like nostalgia but but really happy yeah and that's how I feel that's and that's beautiful it, what, you found though yeah and it was a word also a word that 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 Simon used to love. 
I mean, you've talked about this album a lot, and one of the things that stuck with me with reading about the way you've talked about it is you've called this album a mission. Like you said, it's a mission in a yes. lot of ways. And that the release of it is what Simon would have wanted. How has the mission been going? It's, it's doing great, actually. It really helps me a lot. And, and, and you know, we started to, to, to think about the album and to begin to record the album one year maybe before he passed away. So the mission and, or the race, you know, started way before he passed away because we knew one year before that, that he was going to, to be really sick and that we had to tour as much as possible and to go to the studio as much as possible and to record stuff. And when he passed away, I was, I was, you know, it was kind of a, a, a therapy, you know, a therapy for me to to be sure that the album would be out, that yeah. all of our work and everything that we put in our music, so it's hope, it's love, it's freedom, it's uh, our youth and our friendship, it, that 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 it would be out. It was it was really important for me, and it's still very important. That's why, you know, there's a. A real meaning for me to be here tonight, to be, especially in Brooklyn, and to play, to perform, because I'm I'm still able to, to, to like uh, share our vision and our you know our philosophy of you know the way we are working. So. Yeah, exactly. And you know, to be honest, I wonder like, was it ever a question within yourself whether or not you would allow yourself to finish this album? Because I mean, I. It's funny, for me being around musicians, the amount of time that I am in creatives, I, like to see you go through what you've gone through and to go jumping into making this album and touring, finishing album touring, it makes a lot of sense for me because I know with creatives it's just like, you need that in a very therapeutic way, but I feel for like maybe a lot of people not familiar, they're almost like, how? Mm. I wonder if you, did you ever find yourself questioning whether or not you could still do this? Yes, no, no, no. I mean, for a while, I was, I wasn't thinking at all. I was just working all the time. I was on, in the studio. I wasn't sleeping a lot, and uh, so. But in January, you know, so after six months of touring and, and finishing the album, I, I discovered that I, I, I wasn't in control anymore, and that, that was really scary. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't take a break anymore. Even when, I, and I discovered that because I, I took like two weeks holiday with my wife and, and I was just talking about the songs all the time, his lyrics, his guitars and, and, and my songs and his songs and the songs that we did together and how, how it, it could be possible to, to continue to do the tour and I was just talking about that all the time and my wife, she, she, she really, really helped me to realize that, that, that I was in control anymore. It wow. took, it, it took me to another dimension a little bit. I mean, we're talking with a little bit of of like reflection in that sense, but like when your wife like brought that to your attention, was that almost like a bit of a weird moment? Yes, yes, and and of course I I, I cried a lot. I I realized that I was really, really sad and that that, that I was, um, I was thinking that if I, if I keep going, you know, and and working and singing our songs all the time, it would be a way to keep him, keep him alive, you know, with me. Yeah. And that, would, and and I was, I was for 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 a very long time, for like more than six months, I was still waiting for him to call me, you know, 
Yeah. It was it wasn't weird for me at all to imagine that that he would call me to tell me okay, thanks for the album, <laughs> thanks for the tour, I'm back. So you know. And I think it's very important to point out about the album because you brought up the aspect of how there's elements of like love and unity and yeah. freedom. And I think what will shock a lot of people uh, finding out about reading about what happened to Simon but then listening to the album is like there's quite a contrast because the yeah. album is feels very celebratory about life yeah. in itself. It's not a tri it's not a tribute album at, at all. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm writing songs right now yeah. and the songs that I'm writing writing now are more like like a kind of tribute than the album because you know the, the album was really about what we did, Simon and I, when he was alive, you know, when you're like facing death so much, you know, every day, you don't want to talk about death, you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to write a tribute song, or you just want to write songs about love and hope and yeah. happiness, and and I hope that, that, that this is the spirit of the album, I hope. Well, tell me this, because when I was listening to the album, it really did leave me wondering, for you as a musician and an artist, I wonder if you found yourself uh, while making the album, remembering why you got into music in the first place, because like listening to it, it almost feels like you were embracing that joy in a lot yeah. of ways. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, yeah. It's uh, for me. It's really like uh, uh, an accomplishment. You know, like uh, there was when I started to to want to become a musician. You know, I was pretty. Young, of 18 years old, when I, all in Saturn too, and when we decided together to become musicians, you know, like really to do our best all the time, try really hard to uh, become musicians, and uh, there was for me there was this weird, you know, <laughs> future when maybe I could I could live, I could have money just with like my own music and my own creation, yeah. and for me the album like looked like that. A lot, mm. and and I'm I'm sure it was the same for someone too. Tell me this, in regards to like when you were 18 and you decided that prior to being 18, was there anything in your life that you thought, like, was there any inclination or like evidence leading up to 18 that music was where you're gonna go? Or was it kind of random for you? Like, mm, no, actually not. Uh, especially for me, you know, because I I, st I started uh, I started in in a core, you know, when I was uh, 10 years old. And then I played piano, and like there was, you know, this kind of weird science. You know, when I was in the core, for example, at like 11 years old, my teachers um, really liked my my voice, and they they wanted to put me uh, like I don't know the word in English, like the first singer, you know, the, yeah. like the lead singer. <laughs> so there was there was you know there was this weird science that maybe I was I had I had a little bit of talent. And uh, for Simon, it was different. Yeah. It was different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, I don't know why, but it was really a thing that he always knew he, he wanted to become. And he wasn't particularly talented. <laughs> and his family wasn't playing music. My family was playing music a, a lot. My father used to sing me a lot of songs, and my mother used to play the pianos. But it was very different for Simon. You know, I think it's beautiful that you bring that up. Uh, when I met you last year at Central Park, uh, it was only for a short, short couple of moments, but then I was with you a little bit before you performed, I saw you perform. And when I was talking to you and Simon, I remember something that I um, was able to notice about him, 
was that he was very he was both very attentive yet very observ observationalist at the same time yes. where he was very much giving your attention and com com talking to you yes. but you could tell he was taking in everything around him as well yes which i imagine in terms of a musician is just like it just makes a lot of sense it's very it is really important and uh, that's that's really a thing that i learned through him you know, to be able to uh, to listen to everyone, you know, and not to think too much about 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 you know your part or your singing or your chorus, just to imagine how what what's the best for the song, you know, for everyone. You know, going into really like that. Going to the album some more. There's an esteem approach towards the quality on the album. Yes. Um, where the songs are diverse and eclectic, but there's still a high level of quality. I feel like there's like a connective thread throughout all the songs. It's the element of quality. And I think about songs like Blossom Roses, Neighborhood, and Quite Like. Does it surprise you how well songs like those and all the other songs can rest next to each other, despite the fact that they're so different in like a structural basis? Like, I mean, yes, you made this, but does it surprise you at all? Mm, not really, because it was, it was really important for some of the men. You know, you know, because we had a band before her for for, for a couple of years, and, uh, and and we realized that 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 what we wanted to achieve was really really hard <laughs> to, to 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 be free to do exactly the music that you want to do and to to I don't know how and why have money and, and like and fans and be able to tour, and what we discovered is that that like artists that we really admired like. XX or James Blake or other strokes or it was that they they really had something different. They was really unique. They have a very different guitar approach or mixing approach or you know what I mean or very specific vocals or lyrics. Like, like things that are very distinctly done. Yes, and that's what we tried to do. That's what we tried to do. So we had we were really really focused on that, like very specific guitars effect very specific like you know all the time to have the, like very uh, organic snaps and yeah. so yeah. and it took us a while it took us more than two years to do that yeah tell me this in regards to the track listing was that something that you found yourself laboring over a lot the what the track list yeah the track list for the album was that something you found yourself thinking about a lot no that was really not true really but, yeah i did that on tour like two weeks before. Cause I asked because everything sounds so deliberate and the way everything relates to another. Yeah, yeah but it's that's that's that, that it's, it can really be a problem. That's the that's the thing. Really? Because yeah, because if you're if you're if you're in control all the time, it's not gonna be you know uh, soulful enough and, and human. That, that's that's what the people like. That's what the people like. There when there's mistakes or when when so and that's life, you know. Yeah. Because it, when everything is perfect, there's nothing. So, you know the song on and on, for example. It's yes. really a song that I did in Germany. I had only two microphones. There was two drummers uh, there. I recorded them with with my two hands, <laughs> and then I did the vocals. And and the vocals was really rough. You know, it's like saving my pictures and all my work. You can sell my pictures. I I've got no 21st century love. It was really really yeah. intense. And I didn't I didn't I didn't change anything. And it was on this shitty microphone. And, and and for me, it's like it's, it's exactly exactly what you need to preserve. That blows my mind, man. Because listening to that, like remembering what that track sounds like now, just in my head, like just the hi hat. It wouldn't microphone. I would not think it was, it was like on a shitty microphone whatsoever. And the, the, I mean, the kick and the snare, it was really different what I did. Hmm. But the the, the hi hat, and that's why you have this very hip hop, like random hi hat. 
It's really not perfect. Tell me this, lyrically speaking, what would you say connects the songs together? Because I brought up the fact that they're all so distinctly different. Yeah. But in terms of like the, the element of like what you're singing about throughout, what do you think it is that connects these songs and makes them live together? I think that 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 what works together may be that we really like to talk about like primary feelings. I don't know if it's the right word in English, but it's like really like feelings that would that would directly touch you. I mean, that's what we try. So you know, we were we, when we are talking about, for example, neighborhood is talking about about like uh, boundaries mm-hmm. and, and uh, countries like you know Korea, Korean or, or right now what is going on with Iran. Yeah. And, you know, so it's talking about that, but but we are not too specific because what we want what we want to do is to bring people together so that's the, that's you know that's the thing yeah you're not too far off when you said primary i think most people here in the states and uh in the uk like we would refer it as a uh, universal like yes. th- themes and feelings that are universal that yes. regardless of where you come from yeah. or what you've been through we could all share yeah. a connection with. yeah and yes so it's really hope hope is, all, is, is on a lot of songs Love is on a, on a lot of songs. Like five minutes, it's really just—it's not much than a love song, you know. It was Simon, he was in, a, in, in in this random bar in Brittany, in France, and the bar, the bar was really crowded, and he he, he he was still able to see a girl, but she was really far away. Yeah. They they couldn't speak together, and she just looked at him, and she looked at her, and then she smiled, and he smiled, and then he didn't speak didn't speak to her and then he came home and said okay all I need is five minutes to fall in love one for the eyes two for the voices and still like two, two for, three yeah. for your smiles and he, he wrote a lot and it was like and you know what like just to go into that story because I, I mean I was smiling while you were telling that story just now and the reason why is because and I just want to make a disclaimer I'm not saying that women can't feel this way too obviously because the woman looked at him too but yeah. there is something very specific about being a man and experiencing that like at least like just it just like you describing that with Simon I, it immediately put me at a time where I've felt that way where it's yeah, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. you feel like the fire of courage yeah. and it's doused by the water of fear at the same time exactly. you're like exactly. nope <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. that's unbelievable you know I'm surprised <laughs> people haven't asked you more about the song Swim that's a song that stood out to me a lot in the album yeah. how did that one come about? And it, was, it was kind of strange because you know we toured in the US uh, uh, two, two years ago when when uh, Donald Trump's gets like that, we were in Washington D.C. Yeah. Like everyone was so sure about the like uh, Hillary Clinton winning, yeah. and everyone like and was really surprised. It was a shock for everyone. And then we we went to to L.A. for for some gigs. It was <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah. And and for a while we we wanted to to write a song, you know, against him, you know, against. So you feel like the president. Think that that with money and confidence you can you can buy everyone and everything. So it was really like that. That was the, that was the first feeling. And then like every other song on the album, we decided not to talk about him and against him, but to, to talk about all those Americans who are trying or still trying to fight him yeah. and to preserve democracy. You know. So it's like the song that the chorus is like swim against the tide and walk against the flow. It's like it's like it's like the the the, the you know the, the Fight the power, you know. Yeah. Meaning, and, that was very and it was really yeah. important for us. And we, you know, we had our own elections then. You know, in, in France, it was quite exactly the same. 
Yeah, the only uh, thing it was that, that phone, the, yeah. the, the, the woman was the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's really funny how that turned out. She's quite a comical bad guy too, my dad. But uh, we were lucky enough to have enough to have another one. I don't know how the guy is. He's, I mean, L- literally every French uh, French friend of mine. It's it's a thing of like dislike, but almost like a deflated dislike. Like, yes. well, I can't speak for you, obviously. Of course, but, but it's exactly like that. Yeah, you, you, it's kind of, when if you meet a French guy who's gonna tell you that he, he really loves the president, it's like it's like kind of a psycho. You know, it's like it's not it's not, it's not normal. French yeah. people they don't like their president. They all they always want to criticize him and the government, and and it's really how we are. And that's I just really think that. For me, it's really a good thing because it's, it's uh, thanks to that that we were able to preserve social, you know, uh, insurance for everyone for free and and school for free, really good school for free yeah. and stuff like that. It's because we are. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. You want to well, change that? No. What I, it, that kind of goes into what I love about France as well, because it's kind of like I think in America there's almost like this weird thing of like if someone's at a certain uh, seat of power, you have to have this like. Uh, innate respect but what you just described and it's something I noticed with my family and my French friends is like yeah we love the fact that he's holding on to these like social situations but we're still gonna judge you for the way you are like yeah of course yeah and yeah but <laughs> we'll skate off that because I do want to ask more about music before I have to let you go I yeah. mean uh, tell me about uh, We Choose specifically yes. how this track was both written and recorded because that's one of the songs that I mean the emotion on that is so raw and it's so poignant and I mean, it was written. I remember there was a version of it that existed before. Sonic. Yes. So, so it's. Does it surprise you the fact that it almost has this different life now? Yeah, it's, it's, I know I asked you like a bunch of questions. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, we we like songs for Bla- like Blossom Roses or We Choose or even Neighborhood. It there was very long time uh, between you know the time we create the song and the time. We finished the song. It's yeah. just it's really a thing that we love to, to take time to be able to step back and see the song differently, and to be able to change the song for the best. And the only thing that we want is like when we are not happy about the song, we're not gonna like we're not gonna finish it. I mean, we 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 need some time. We need to step back and work again and again and again. Blossom was it? It's a song that we had maybe five different choruses. Wow. There's one online. There's like uh, because we were on the studio, a random studio. <laughs> that was an amazing producer, the guy who did a lot of Black Keys album and stuff like that. Wow. And he tried to he tried to found the cars, and they didn't. I mean, I don't <laughs> like the cars. So it's like, and we choose it was really like that. It's the first song that we did, Simon and I, really? when we decided to become her, yeah. to to become another band. But the song wasn't finished. It, it was it was like at, it was s- s- really tiny what was missing, but it was it was s- and uh, when I realized that I could put some uh, you know uh, saxophones and and trombone and trumpet and to have like this bridge mm-hmm. with less vocals and just we choose and our muse will never die you know those lyrics I knew that it would it would be good and then to have a final chorus it would be much bigger than the other one because before that before we found it, th- this part the song looked really like just a, a bridge you know or a weird verse and so i'm really proud about this song like i feel like, like old wine you know old right? wine. yeah i feel like a song like that just must it must 
act as like validation and affirmation within yourself towards mm-hmm, your craft. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, wow, I can make something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the big things I want to ask you about, I only have a couple more questions with you. Thanks again for taking the time. Yes. But one of the tracks I was very curious about, because um, I, I, I don't remember if it was you that told me this last time I saw you or if I read it somewhere, yeah. but I know the song Shuggy has quite an interesting story behind it, like the bonus track, I think. Yeah. What, what's the story behind Shuggy? Uh, I mean, we, I, we, didn't, we didn't write Shuggy at last year, so it's impossible that I, that I told you about it. But no, I mean, the song is just, you know, there was, there was a really, really weird moment for me and really sad because, you know, Simon passed away and the album wasn't finished. And uh, I had, I had like this song called uh, Do Wrong that Simon did. But there was only a verse, only one verse, and that's it. And he wasn't here anymore, you know, to be able to finish the song. And you know, I, I went through his computer to, to be able to sure that there wasn't any guitars left or something, but it wasn't. So I had, I, had the, I had the verse and I needed to find a chorus. Uh, and the, the thing was really weird is like Simon is talking to me. He, you know, on, on do wrong. It's like, uh, what did I do wrong? You know, I'm trying my best and, and sometimes we, we like, we are not, it's not working well. Yeah. So it's like, so it was really weird for me to sing this song to myself a little bit yeah. through him, and then I find the chorus, and just, you know the chorus was so simple. It was like Shuggy, I still need more time with you, and I really need to spend more time with you, Shuggy. Where did the term Shuggy? Cause like it was his name on social medias. It was. Yes, because he loved he loved Shuggy artists so, so much. Yeah, <laughs> so amazing. He, he decided to call him Shuggy Johnson. <laughs> on social media because Johnson is for a song that he wrote called uh, Genie Johnston G- G- Genie Johnson, yeah. I'm sure he would get a laugh knowing that you're keeping that name alive for him yes of course <laughs> uh, just a couple more things uh, how have you found performing for this album because I mean the last time I saw you was yeah. Central Park you performed there it was you guys weren't headlining it it felt like you were like it was amazing seeing <laughs> that type of like vibe and I mean we talked a lot about obviously what it was like recording this album after mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. happened, but like, tell me, like, how's it been performing this? Because this that was also a very, very intense and stressful time of my life. Because you know, what was really important for me was to keep the energy, the feeling that we had. But without Simon, it was really complicated. And what I decided is to to just think about him all the time and try to 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 think like him so you know we i preserve like we are still playing everything live there's no computers on stage i'm thinking his, his song you know that, that like i'm trying to to sing not like him because i don't want to do that yeah but i'm singing his song and it, it just, i mean there was never his songs on mine you know, it was always our yeah. that's how i can do there is like the song Jeannie Johnston, that was really his song, and I'm not, I'm not playing it because because it's for me it's too personal. And uh, but it took me it took me a while. And uh, and the musicians from the previous tour, the musicians that you saw, yeah. they are not with me anymore because they decided to take a break after the album. Yeah. So that was even harder because I had to to find new musicians and 
January, that was January, that was. Wow. I mean, I can only imagine, like, at that specific time, it almost feels like the universe is working against you. At least at that particular time. A little moment. bit, yeah. a little bit. But the, the fans really helped me. It's like it's like a cliche to say that, but it really, it really did. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we, we played in a, in a very big festival, like two weeks after he passed away. And it was really important for, for Simon, like, that we played there. It was a festival called La Rock en Seine, it's in Paris. Mm -hmm. And I was so afraid, man. About the, about the fans' reaction, I was, I was, I was, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't tell if they, if they were, if it, if they were, what they would, they would be, they would be with me or against, or you know, or especially in France, I think, you know, why? I, I think that it's like um, it's a thing. Death and you know and, and, and loss and grief—it's a thing that is that is really really personal. Yeah. Uh, it's really rare, rare for for Ben or for you know famous people to talk about it. Yeah, it's like it's like very intimate. And so when you try to talk about it you know, in the public eye, it's like it, it can it can really really go bad because the people in France they they will. They'll, they'll think that you want to make money out of it, you know? Yeah, and I, I feel like I should add a little bit of context for people who are listening who might not be familiar with France. Um, it's funny, I'm, I'm acting like I'm an authority, but like within my household when I was a kid, I remember, because uh, we lived in England and then we lived here in the States and back and forth, and I remember it was interesting how death would be discussed within the household when I was very young, at least teaching me and my sister what it was and our parents like kind of going like, you have to understand that this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. But then when you would leave the household and then try to talk to it to like American or English kids, they're kind of like, what? And, if, and I remember, to just highlight what you're saying, I remember telling my parents that like, oh, I tried to talk about deaf to kids at school and they were kind of weirded out. And my parents, who would speak about deaf to me, me are like, you don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, this is exactly how, this is exactly what I say. And, and it was amazing how people were react. They were, and, it, and it was like this, like at every show. Yeah, we had 25 shows to do between August and November. And at every show, people were really with me. They really understand why I was still working on it and what I, what, what I was trying to achieve with yeah. the album. Yeah, before we like sign off, um, yeah. I didn't bring this up at the start because I just wanted to make sure we talked about you know so much of the music and everything we did. But I am indeed sorry for your loss because I, I did meet him and obviously I could see how close you guys were and it was okay. I, like I, when I heard the news like it did. I know we only had a couple minutes together, but it did yeah. hit me pretty hard when I heard about it. Um, I know you don't mind talking about Simon, and I did want to respect you know making sure that I didn't only refer to him and talk about the music, but. That said, his memory is indeed felt throughout the album, and it's incredibly beautiful that elements shine so bright. I mean, mm -hmm. to hear me say that, and obviously fans bring that up, like, what does that make you feel, knowing that that's prominent? I mean, it just makes me feel good. Uh, <laughs> there's no word, it's like, it, and, uh, it also really gives me hope about, you know, about future and about what I'm gonna, I'm gonna do next, what I'm gonna do after. And songs and, 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 and yeah, 
I mean, new beginning sounds cliche, but I like that you can see it that way. At least in terms of like, you could say the word next. Mm -hmm. That's a hard thing to do with grief. I like that you could say that. Yes. Yeah. But I was, I was, it was impossible for me to say that in December and even after that. It was impossible. Now I'm starting, thanks to the music and thanks to the fans, mm -hmm. I'm, able, I'm able now to say that a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, it's like a tiny, very tiny window, yeah. <laughs> very yeah. far away. Yeah. Uh, I know I said one more thing, but this will be the one more thing. But uh, I think I want to bring this up at the start. Uh, it's really insignificant, but I think it might shine a light on just how music could be. Uh, I ended up meeting the girlfriend that I have now the day I met you. Oh. Like literally, like right after the show. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, she lives by Central Park, and like she. You still together? Yeah, we're still together somehow. Woo! I don't know how, but somehow. That's cool. But that's, yeah. Thanks to me, man. Yeah. Her, I mean, <laughs> hey, her music it does that for people, cool. right? That's yeah, but yeah. Yeah, uh, Victor, thanks again. I really appreciate it. See you tonight.